Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Let's talk transformations. By now, you all know that I'm a branding and PR coach for artists, musicians, and actors. But today I want to shift gears to talk about the transformation that my coaching can do for you. I believe that in order to attract fans, media, and industry, you need to explore your purpose, identity, and story, which is all a part of personal branding. With an authentic personal brand, along with social media and communication strategies, you can be unstoppable. That's why people like Tamara Madeline had such a breakthrough and went from overwhelmed without a plan to successfully launching her Mint Green Mercury album. By exploring her authentic artist identity, she was able to fearlessly pursue her passions and attract loyal fans, media coverage, and music industry opportunities. She's now one-third of country music's hottest new trio, New Moon Junction. Tamara is just one of my client success stories, and I'd love for you to experience this transformation too. So for a limited time, I'm offering a free introductory coaching session for listeners of this podcast. So visit dianefoy.com slash booking. And I hope to meet more of you that are listening to the podcast. My guest today is Dr. Natasha Kazam Paris, who is a naturopathic doctor and rapid transformational therapy practitioner. She uses her diverse clinical background, rich cultural heritage, and lived experiences to help women of color transform every facet of their lives and create a new sense of belonging. Dr. Natasha is a part of the six-figure coach club that I am a part of, and she is our mindset coach. I have also taken her Embracing the Saboteur workshop, which is available for free right now on her website. You can learn how to douse self-sabotage with attention, curiosity, and compassion. You'll be introduced to powerful self-care practices that can help you leap beyond your sabotage behaviors and reactivate post-trauma responses. As another one of my mentors, Jasmine Starr, would say, prepare your heart because we go deep and I know that it will inspire you. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It feels so good to be in your company. Yeah, and I'm, I've known you for a little while, but now 
I still don't really understand what you do. <laughs> so if you could explain a bit, like I saw the RTT, I don't know what that is. I would love to hear about what it is that you do. Yes. Well, I'm a naturopathic doctor and I've been practicing for 14 years. And um, what I now do in my practice is really helping an individual create deep wellness and transformation in all facets of their life so that they can experience a sense of freedom where they're really just most aligned with their most authentic version of themselves. And what do I do? Well, I use RTT, which is a type of hypnotherapy. And I came to that because practicing with clients for so long, um, you know, I've, I've, done well over 20,000 visits. It's probably closer to 25,000 visits, patient visits at this point. And it came down to the same thing, which was we would make progress on a wellness plan or a health area, and then sabotage would occur. And what we what I slowly realized is that there's limiting beliefs and there's past traumas that have been suppressed. And when we live in a society that tends to want us to pull up by our bootstraps and, and get to the hack and quick way to um, optimizing something, um, it doesn't sustain. So I came to this work to dig deeper and find the root of what's in the way of people living life authentically, living life um, really in love with themselves and creating and living into a life that they love. So a lot of what I do is witnessing somebody, listening to their story, helping them get to the root and get complete with their past and helping them make peace with the past so that they can create the life that they actually desire. And I do that using hypnotherapy, um, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. It's a lot of just compassionate listening. It's a lot of just witnessing somebody. So people ask me what I do, and it's really hard to explain um, because it isn't one thing. It is a way of life I'm helping somebody step into. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Interesting. It's and mind, body, and energetic healing. Yeah. And so basically anyone that has, well, I think we all have issues, but like if we're all, you know, have um, trouble moving forward in what we want or there's things holding us back, you kind of help get to the root of it. Yeah, and work absolutely. Through it. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. In an easeful way. I think that's the part that is often. Um, Often people think my work is going to take a total upheaval of their life. They're going to have to fall fully apart and um, it's going to be really, really messy. And that doesn't have to be the case. It can be slow and easeful. It can be fun. It can be playful. It can very much be a creative process. In fact, it very much is a creative practice. It's tapping into that creative playfulness and using it to your advantage to transform your life in the direction that you want. Cool. And I have a, a ignorant question about hypnotherapy because yeah. you always see it is 
I listened to your recording of hypnotherapy mm-hmm. and is it the same or do people just have a, a weird idea of what it is? Because when you see it in the movies or TV is like people get totally hypnotized as in they're not, they're kind of gone and they're in totally in a trance. Is that the same thing or is that something different? Or is that just not real? So I think <laughs> that um, the media and our presentation of what hypnotherapy is has really been demonized and really represented in a way that somebody loses their free will yeah. and, um, you know, they start clucking like a chicken or, you know, whatever these things are, this showmanship around it. Um, hypnotherapy really is just a deep meditative state. That's all. Yeah. You have free will the whole way through. You are awake. Um, there is nothing I can convince somebody to do that is if, the, you know, there no is always honored. Um, so, yeah, it isn't what is presented <laughs> uh, like. And I think there's so many layers to that that I won't necessarily get into today about um the wellness industry and about ancient spiritual practices and ancient healing modalities and why we, uh, why it's been presented in a demonized way. I could go and talk for a whole week just on those pieces. Um, but yeah, it is not what it is often represented as it's, it's basically just a deep meditative state for you to connect with your own inner wisdom without all of that mental chatter that's running typically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I experienced. It takes me a while to get into the meditative state and Mm -hmm. it's probably why I don't do it as often, but Mm -hmm. I did find the, the ones that you did were, were going deeper. Like Mm -hmm. I could just go to sleep afterwards, which Mm -hmm. was great. And I don't Mm -hmm. sleep. So (laughs) I was like, I gotta do it before I go to bed. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, but That's I was still the feedback fully I get aware. The most. Yeah, the feedback I get the most with um, that hypnosis that you're talking about that's on my website and is that it really helps people feel relaxed and they sleep so well. That's yeah. probably the feedback that I get the most, that that particular recording just helps people feel calm and relaxed and they're able to sleep much more soundly. Yeah. And so what got you into this? What What made you pursue this path? Well, my, this path of naturopathic medicine or holistic medicine in general. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I, for as long as I can remember, I remember specifically at the age of five making a, a promise to ease people's suffering. So my commitment to healing and to helping um, has always been a part of who I've known myself to be. And through my own, I was a really sickly child. I also was uh, dealt with a lot of depression and anxiety. And my significant depression really settled in around age 11. And it took me down all sorts of different challenging paths of addiction and eating disorder and uh, suicidal ideation. And so it was my own like really leaning into ancient wisdom practices, different types of healing modalities. And it was in that that my health, 
like really started to improve. And it was my mother, my amazing mother that was part of that journey with me. And she was the one that brought naturopathic medicine to me and said, look, I know you want to do medicine, consider naturopathic medicine where you get to heal yourself and help to heal other people. It'd be just a perfect bridge. And over the years, I've just found different modalities and it's brought me all the way to here, um, which is where I get to use hypnotherapy and mindfulness practices because I really feel like those make the biggest difference. Of all the things I've done, mind, body, energetic medicine really has the biggest transformation and result for myself and then for the people that I serve. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting that like, it's been a while since I've been in the mental health system in Canada, but when I was, it was, you know, I, I figured, I thought I kind of explored everything, but lately I'm noticing there's a lot of alternate therapies that I'd never heard of that are really interesting. Like the RTT, the hypnotherapy, mm -hmm. um, sound, sound healing, sound mm -hmm. baths, like, amazing. cause I like music. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's kind of good that there's other things than just talk therapy and medication. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think that actually as, um, our, Research in the neuroscience field expands. That's really helping, actually, to and also as a lot of the social justice work is being done, where there's just much more receptivity to bringing back some of these teachings and some of this like ancient wisdom and these wellness practices. I think there's just more of a demand and desire for it. Um, so it's a really exciting time to have more things available for healing and to see how they all can come together in a really synergistic, beautiful way. You know, just because you choose medication doesn't mean you can't do sound healing. And just because you do sound healing or acupuncture doesn't mean that you might not need medication or surgery or whatever else that the, mm -hmm. we can bring it all together to optimize healing. Yeah. And when I think about my work with, with artists and performers is a lot of them struggle with, I guess, a lot of anxiety and fear because when I ask them, like, I, usually they come to me because of PR and marketing. That's mm -hmm. my thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I always want to deal with the more personal branding, the which is really more personal work. Mm -hmm. Personal branding is like really exploring your core values, your mm -hmm. limiting beliefs, your skills, your strengths, your life experiences, your story. And they always want to skip that <laughs> and go straight to PR and marketing. And it's funny, I just said this on the podcast um, for this episode that's out now is that I've been thinking that in my quest to give the people what they want, I've been focusing a bit more on PR and marketing and, and finding ways of skipping, you know, mm -hmm. almost letting them skip the, the important stuff. And I'm realizing that and going, no. <laughs> you know what? I believe that you cannot have success in PR and marketing or in anything that you do if you skip the foundation work. Mm -hmm. It's hard work, It's mm -hmm. but it's what's going to, when you tell me the reason why you're not following through on 
the tips that you get about PR marketing, mm-hmm. it always comes down to there's a fear of putting themselves out there. There's mm-hmm. a fear of really being vulnerable. And that is kind of my point of, no, let's do the foundation. Let's work through that. Let's build your confidence so that when you get to that, you're more comfortable. And so like, I've kind of just decided I'm going back to that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the work I love to do. It's more personal. Mm -hmm. I figure you can Google social media tips, you know, (laughs) but it's the real work of, you know, figuring out what's preventing you from moving forward. Why are you hold, being held back and why are you not doing the work or are there beliefs that is holding you back? And that kind of comes to some of the work that you do of, you know, dealing with a lot of artists deal with rejection, of course, actors and musicians, they're rejected all the time. And then, but they also tend to be sensitive souls. So it kind of mm-hmm. hurts. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the being with rejection. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. I also just want to, well, so grateful for the work that you do and and that you are coming back to really supporting people at the core. And it is true that we can look up what's social media strategy or how many times to post something or how to do this or that. But if you're not getting to the root, it's not going to solve um, what it is that they really like get to where they really want to be. And it's similar to when I worked in urgent care or other types of medicine, right? Individuals may want a pill or a supplement, right? Something to take care of their health in that moment. And that works as a band-aid maybe for so long, but we really want to get to the root cause, right? And the root cause, especially when it comes to creatives, um, entrepreneurs, creatives in general, um, is yeah, this root issue of who dealing with rejection and what that's really about, right? And we have talked before about um, the faces of shame, right? And how they show up. And so much of the work that I do in this area is really uh, a couple fold. One is what has been in the way of them feeling some of those more challenging feelings. So the first thing is just having a conversation about what they think feeling is going to do. All of the fears about feeling into rejection, feeling into shame, feeling into the past upsets, like what are their concerns even going there? Right? Why do they want to skip that in the first place? And then clearing out some of the myths in that area or making sure that the plan that we create together keeps them safe, doesn't take them to this negative place that they're really terrified to go to. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the work is about embodiment. So helping somebody come back to their body and joyously start to feel. And then with that, being able to help them tap into some of the places and spaces where they don't feel as comfortable feeling. And the last part of that journey, a lot of it is doing some inner child work, really going back and um, looking at those first, those primary moments of rejection, those primary moments when we felt judged and we've experienced a sense of shame. And um, 
looking at that now as an adult or later in life and just objectively looking at it and seeing where could we uh, reframe this? Where could we um, see things differently now that we're not five or eight years old, right? What did we make it mean then that we're still making it mean that we now have the opportunity to rewire? And that's a lot of the hypnotherapy work is going to the very root event or scenes that have to do with rejection have them witness it and validate what's there. And then we create a hypnosis recording based on what they have said they want to rewire. What do they want to believe now about themselves? How are they, who do they want to be when they receive feedback? They want to be objective. They want to be able to receive it as help. You know, they don't want to make it mean anything about the who they are at the core. So those are some of the things that we actually put into the recordings for them to listen to. And it's amazing how easeful and fun that can be, especially when it's paired with delightful music that they enjoy. That's so cool. Tailored, tailored yes. hypnotherapy. Yeah, That's really cool. Yeah. And so when you, you meet with, with people, you go through, do you do like a hypnotherapy session and then record it and they take it away? Or do you record that later? I typically record it later. So we'll do a discovery call similar to, I believe you have a similar process. Um, So we do that. And then usually the first session is an RTT session where we put them, we go in a trance, we go to three or four scenes, we figure out what that person made that mean. And then they've already filled out a form about what they wanted and what they desire in life. And so then we use those words and what came up in their um, deep hypnosis session, and we put it all together. And then I create a personalized hypnosis recording for them. That's about usually about 20, 25 minutes. And they're going to listen to that every night for at least three weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I, that probably is also a, a good point of that you need to listen to it consistently to, I guess, either dig that deep or just to make it a habit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably very similar to the work that you do when you're addressing limiting beliefs. Knowing that the limiting belief is there is so great to witness. And then, well, how do you transform and set in a new belief? You have to practice it because that limiting belief you have neurologically, like you've run that track over and over again. It's a smooth paved neuronal pathway, you know, a highway really. And you need to set in the new belief and make that your new pathway. So repetition is incredibly important here. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people say they don't really have any limiting beliefs. So then I go, well, what are you procrastinating on? And then they're like, oh, (laughs) we're all procrastinating on something. And Mm -hmm. I say, you know, explore that because usually what you're procrastinating on, if you kind of figure out the reason behind it, there's a probably a limiting belief there. Yeah. Yeah. A bias, a blind spot. We all have them. We all have them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love, yeah, I just love that, that kind of deeper work and being able to help someone through that and to build their confidence. That's like the greatest thing. So that's why I'm like, I don't want to do publicity in social media. Like if you go through the personal branding with me, then yes, I'm invested in you and I will teach you everything I know about publicity and social media. 
But to only do that, I'm like, "Eh, that doesn't interest me. I want to do the deep one-on-one, get to the root of, you know, your core and embracing who you really are. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's going to be so important for when they get to the different layers of success, right? Because rejection, um, there's some great neuroscience research about different parts of the brain that that get activated. And when we're rejected, it often looks very similar to when we experience physical pain. Um, And so that's really interesting for somebody to start to learn and notice. And then um, so there's all these ways in which, okay, for example, we might want to do painkillers, right, to reduce our like pain, the experience of pain. Well, that can also help. It looks like in neuroscience, some of the literature has shown that it can also help with your experience of rejection. Now that's not, that's very fascinating to me because what happens as we get more and more success when we haven't taken care of the root of who we are, when the confidence isn't from an authentic place, right? That imposter syndrome is going on. We might be gaining success, but inside something is off. That's when we're going to reach out to different addictive um, habits, we may use different things to numb ourselves out, different types of painkillers, if you will. And wellness gets destroyed, right? And our success can get derailed and sabotaged. So what you're doing is really supporting somebody so that they're ready for the success that's going to come into their life, right? So it's coming, their confidence is not from external validation. It's deeply from their purpose and their connection to their creativity. And um, that's such a beautiful thing because now you give them all the action steps, they'll do it. They're going to get more external validation, but that's not what's building their confidence. Their confidence was already built from an authentic place because you helped them do that. Yeah. And that's just, that's just going to sustain their success in such a beautiful way. And it's going to also take care of their wellness in the long term as well. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the, the pain, like physical pain connection with emotional pain. Um, wonder if you could maybe talk about that. Cause I know for me, like sometimes, you know, if you talk about certain subjects or things come up, then like my whole neck and shoulders freeze and pain. (laughs) I'm in pain a lot of times. And it's because of like that emotional, something comes up and I'm curious about that connection. Yeah. I mean, There's so many pieces to that, but a lot of the time, um, you know, there is your body. Have you ever read the book, your body keeps score, um, or heard of it? There's a great book that really talks about, um, this whole cascade that occurs, um, your body still has memory of an experience of physical pain or um, an experience of rejection. And it's going to stimulate a whole cascade of neurotransmitter release and all sorts of things occur. Uh, so knowing that you're going like when you experience rejection, your body is going to respond in a familiar way of tension to protect itself. Like you're going to have this very and often there's a family, a familiar response. So how your family also dealt with stress is something you've also learned as well, 
right? Um, so when an event occurs and it is challenging, whether or not you really, it is a threat to survival or you perceived it as a child, as an experience where survival was threatened, you have different responses, right? And I think we've talked, you, you're, most people are familiar with fight or flight, but there's also fawning is a response, um, as well. And, um, so there's just different ways in which we might respond to um, a stressor. And we then from that stressful response, whatever we took on to help us survive, whether that was numbing out or fawning, which means like being complacent and people pleasing, those are the behaviors we're going to just easily lean toward whenever we feel a sense of physical pain or a threat to emotional pain. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So um, knowing that that is the case is actually really helpful because this is an evolutionary piece, right? For us to protect ourselves from pain. Um, that's important. Now, also to protect ourselves from emotional pain is also related to um, there's a reptilian brain pathway, mammalian brain pathways, those all get triggered. Because when we lived more with tribes, if you were, a, you know, outcasted, if you were rejected, that could threaten your survival, right? That means you're no longer part of the tribe and the tribe was part of helping you be safe, from outside threats, help you have food, help you have nourishment, have you help you have a partner, all of those things. So those are the fact that you're having a response. I think we want to, we have this notion in our society that we should just uh, not allow rejection to bother us or not allow ourselves to have doubt come into place or not allow ourselves to feel um, like we're concerned about judgment. And I think doing that only sets somebody up for an experience of feeling like they failed because what we're not understanding in that perspective is like there's evolutionary neuro neuronal pathways set into place. This is here to help us survive. So use it instead for your advantage. Recognize, oh, what's happening right now is a pathway that's trying to keep me safe. I'm feeling tense. I'm feeling concerned because this is part of a survival pathway that's getting triggered right now. And then you can use tools in that moment of just witnessing and recognizing that's occurring and doing that and breathing into it calms down your nervous system. And then I tell people, recognize, like engage your senses. What are two or three things that you notice in your space? Look around that, that let you know that you're actually safe. What's something you can feel right now that, that you notice that helps you feel safe? Um, so a lot of times people will have a touchstone with them. They may uh, touch a part of their body to calm them down. I tell people, say your name three times. All of these things help you get back into the present time, help you get back to your breath, and then you're able to recognize what's going on. Oh, I feel rejected. I feel scared right now. I'm actually physically safe. You can calm down nervous system. We're totally safe and we can just feel into what's going on. And then from there, all your, your reframe 
um, and your positive mantras or whatever techniques you use are really actually going to work, right? But I think the first part is just recognizing compassion, recognizing that this is just part of an evolutionary aspect of our brain and neuronal pathways that are being triggered here. It's totally normal. We all do it. We all do it. And it's there to keep us safe. Yeah. You know, it's there to protect us. So thank you, body. Thank you, brain. Thank you, nervous system. And you have to remind it uh, about the fact that it might be hyper vigilant in a moment. And that there, you have to remind yourself that it's you're not actually physically unsafe in this moment. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And I want also talk about that you have a very amazing high value freebie on your website the the workshop embracing the saboteur um wonder if you want to talk about that because that's a free it's a wonderful uh free resource and course that you have on your site yeah thank you yes um we just talk about all sorts of different aspects we go through several days um, and just piece by piece of uh, I, I introduce people to my block method and, and my vault system. And so that's a helpful tool if somebody keeps coming up against the same issue. Right. They keep having the same life breakdown in different ways. Those um, tools really help somebody get to the root of what's going on. And um, being able to recognize, ah, oh, what is this? What is this block in front of me? And then how do I catapult over that block? Right. Um, that's what we do in the workshop is a step by step process. And here and there, I share different tools um, from neuroscience techniques and rationale that way, and also different tools uh, with visualization. And really tapping to somebody's creativity, because like I said earlier, it's really, you know, creatives do so well with this work because you can absolutely use your creative skill set, your acting skills, your um, love for music, your love for visualizing and creating. You can bring that into your transformation process. You can bring that into um, this embracing the saboteur work and make it so much more fun. It doesn't have to be a painful dig. <laughs> it can be <laughs> a joyful, creative process. Yeah. The, the pain, it's what we're all trying to avoid. <laughs> but sometimes know, you got to right. go there to break through. Yeah. Why do you, I have a question for you. Why do you think that we have a tendency to really try to avoid pain? Because it's painful. Because <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Because it hurts. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think a lot of people just want the easy fix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot to do the deep inner work. And, you know, I think sometimes people are not ready and that's mm -hmm. fine too. Absolutely. Um, and I think sometimes you have to do like little baby steps to get there but I I don't know maybe they're avoiding being vulnerable being mm -hmm. you know or facing what they're trying to avoid that's causing mm -hmm. them pain mm -hmm. like if they're 
if they have the trauma and they're just pushing that down, mm-hmm. they feel I think it's easier to avoid it and just deal with maybe some of the physical pain that comes up or whatever than to yeah. actually do the work and face it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. And I think that there's so many different reasons for that. There's so many constructs that have benefited from our, our avoiding of our feelings and have benefited from the quick fixes and the numbing out, right? And we're marketed to uh, so much um, for that. But what I've noticed is when we do delve into, and you have, I'm sure, When you do do that work, it's often a lot more easeful than people assume. And not only that, the long-term results, like life just gets easier and it gets easier and easier as it gets easier on the other side of of your like deeply feeling, you know? Um, So I think that that's the concern is like they might get stuck there and they'll never be able to get out or um, we can just band-aid our way through this. And I've just noticed that it'll keep coming up. It'll keep coming up over and over again, and the problems keep getting bigger. Um, So I like to do this work before all of the breakdowns happen. You know, I think that's why I went into naturopathic medicine in the first place, preventative medicine in the first place. If you have good, healthy patterns in the beginning, you're just going to have long-lasting wellness. It's actually going to get easier. But it does require a little spaciousness and organization and a little bit of digging. But yeah. Yeah. Like I, I always kind of bring that back to like what I do is that, well, I could teach you the social media tips and I could teach you the publicity, but in order to be successful in social media, you need to be opening up. You need Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable. You need to connect with people. You need to tell stories. You need Mm -hmm. to have many stories Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, that's just going to be frustrating if you haven't done the early work. Yeah. If you haven't built confidence internally and validated yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're going to be so much more vulnerable and sensitive to that external validation or feedback. Yeah. Yeah. We become addicted to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and also maybe you'll, you'll think you're being vulnerable, telling a story and then nobody responds to it. Oh, (laughs) but if you do the work, then you can kind of be like, that's okay. Not everyone, you know, um, will see it. Not everyone will connect to it. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a lot of people that are connecting to it that are just not vocalizing that they're connecting to it. And so if you just kind of keep putting that energy out there, you'll attract the right people to you. Absolutely. I told, especially that last part, right? The, um, that a lot of people don't just as they like people are shy to even express that that something helped them or they resonated with something they may they may really like the content but they don't want anybody else to know that they're listening to it like that happens all yeah. the time as well um and like you had said earlier just build really you're helping to build confidence from within and you do core value work which is so important cuz when you're living life aligned with your core values then when you're in action it wasn't about an outcome it was because you were doing it cuz it totally aligned with your core values and your creative expression like everything else from there is icing 
right? When you're yeah. operating from that. And there's great literature that you and I have talked about in the past about how living a life where you're connected to your core values has incredible outcomes from a mental health perspective and from people feeling like they're living a fulfilling, joyful life. It actually really works to deeply build confidence in an authentic way when we're living life from core values, not from getting external validation or simply because you want external validation. Yeah. And I think I also go through really figuring out what you really want. Yeah. Because I think especially a lot of performers get stuck in the, well, of course, I want to win an Oscar. And uh, of course, I want to be touring the world. And mm-hmm. and you might you just think, well, that's what you're supposed to want if you're going to be an actor or a musician. But that might not fit with your core values. That yes. might not fit with what you really want when you really dig down and go, no, 10 years from now, what is the life that you want to live? Mm-hmm. You know, it might, if family and relationships and children and all that is part of your core values and beliefs and what you want, then a life on the road might not be the match for it. So it's important to kind of realize what you're, what you really want, or you might waste a lot of time like chasing the wrong dream. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that this that's so important to flush out. And then that just creates so then when you get really clear about what you want, why you want it and what core values are guiding that life just gets so much easier and being able to create success in the way that matters most to you really just starts to unfold in this beautiful way. You just become so much, you're magnetic at that point, you know, you're really clear and you magnetize in exactly what you want. That's, that's where the magic manifestation happens. Once you really know who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and why you want it. um, Yeah. That clarity is what brings it in. Yeah. And to revisit it. That's what I'm doing lately is revisiting going of what I what my original intention of even going into coaching in the first place Mm -hmm. was because people wanted that you know they wanted the publicity and I had to turn them away going but until you get this this and this you're not going to get long-term publicity success so I went into coaching so that I can step by step, walk them through that personal branding stuff and collect your stories so that you could be successful on social media so that you could be successful. And that's my original intent. And then I kept, you know, because so many people wanted to skip it and go, just teach me social media and publicity. I started to kind of give the people what they want, you know, (laughs) um, but I'm I'm going, no, I'm not serving them the way I I wanted to serve them. And so I'm going to kind of refocus back to what my original intent and the people that want the quick fix, then they're not my people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally okay. Or they're not, not, they're not ready. Yeah. People in this moment right now. And, and just as you're evolving, they're evolving, you know, we're ever evolving dynamic individual. So I love that you're reevaluating for yourself. I mean, that's the thing that makes your work so powerful is that you are also on that path. You're also looking at your limiting beliefs. You're also delving deep to um, 
really explore what your core values are and re- reevaluate it as you are shifting and changing. And I think that's what makes you an incredible coach because you're not just speaking it, you're living that life. And yeah. you're able, you are sharing your story and all the things that you have overcome and continue to discover about yourself. And that's what makes you such a great person to have these conversations with because you get it. You know, you're not just talking the talk, you're living it. Um, you're embodying it and you're inspiring others to do the same. Yeah. I'm going to have to use that as a testimonial. <laughs> Please do. I would love that. That's amazing. <laughs> Please do. I would be so happy about that. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I love talking to you. Um, <laughs> I love talking to you too. I think, like I said earlier, we have, you know, we have similar core values. We want to both create, help co-create a world that where people feel empowered and um, they've, they care, they're compassionate toward themselves and they're creating their dreams as they want it to be, you know? And I just think that that's so awesome that there's more and more of us wanting to do that work. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Well, I, I always ask, what is your why? You might have touched on it, but what is your why? (laughs) My why, yes, my why. You know, I've talked about this uh, just recently a couple of times, and really um, there's two parts to my why. One of my whys is my niece, who um, loves to dance, loves to perform. We're very similar. She reminds me so much of myself when I was younger. And she's turning 12 this year. And she is being bombarded by racism with self-esteem issues. Um, She wants to perform, but you know, all the pressures and the judgment and you can see that her bright, loving, joyous personality is starting to dim. And so much of my work is to be a, an example of uh, deep compassion for myself, filling myself up with compassion and love and accepting myself as I am, my body, my personality, my quirky, all of it, so that she can see a mirror in me, that she has permission to love herself. She has permission to shine her light bright, to live out her dreams Um, To be a dancer, if that's what she really wants, to be a performer, if that's what she wants, I just really want to be an example of that. And my why is to create a more compassionate world. And I practice that by continually trying my best to love myself just as I am and just as I'm not so that I can, again, on a broader level, not just for my niece, but for every human being that comes across my path, that they love themselves a little bit more after being in my presence. That is what I, that's what I live for. Yeah. That's my why. Amazing. (laughs) So where can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me at drnatasha.net. And there's on that uh, website, you will find a gifts 
tab and you'll find a free hypnosis that we were talking about earlier. And in the workshop tab, you'll find the Embracing the Saboteur free workshop series. Um, so those are some ways. And then Instagram, Dr. Natasha Kassam Paris. I know it's a long, long, long name, <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you'll find me most of the time. I'm in my stories. I'm in my feed. I'm constantly sharing different parts of my life and my journey of healing and service. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's always really lovely to be in your company. So yeah, thank you for having me and yeah, just to listen to me and to share yourself with me. That always feels so good. Oh, thank you. So how do you feel? Dr. Natasha has such a kind heart and really wants to help people break through trauma. So be sure to check out her offerings. Also, if you want to take me up on my offer of a free introductory coaching session, visit dianefoy.com booking. For links in a transcript, visit singdanceactthrive.com slash 070. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers. 